As always, today's episode is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Kansas City is home to a rich brewing history dating back to the 1880s with Ferdheim, Ferdheim and George Muehlbach. And the marks they made can still be seen today throughout the city. Prohibition took its toll on the breweries in Kansas City, but in 1989, Boulevard Brewing Company founder John McDonald rekindled that brewing tradition when he brewed and sold his first batch of pale ale. I think they actually just celebrated like the 20... Two an- year anniversary of this? Uh-huh. It was at Ponax. The yeah, first, the first case was at Ponax. More than 30 years later, that spirit of Kansas City can do attitude is in everything Boulevard does from Tank 7, my favorite beer, uh, an award winning American Saison. It's just, it's very good. That's all I know. To Space Camper, climbing the list of favorite beers. Uh, Boulevard does it all, um, including our, our quirks, Cubones. Gotta love the Cubones. Real fruit, real fun. At the heart of Boulevard Brewing Company lies an intersection of traditional brewing and modern technology. Visit the brewery, take a tour, see 32 years of brewing experience, and maybe catch a glimpse of the future. Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans, presented by Boulevard. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is November 30th, coming off a of bye week, coming off Thanksgiving, getting ready for a rivalry game with the Broncos, who have not beat the Chiefs since 2015. Good stat. Um, and I've got some other good stats. You know how time works, how in 2015 it was different than it was now? Things change. Things change. Things change. Like uh, number one song, Justin Bieber. What do you mean? Okay, a real banger that <laughs> still, still hits. Still to this slaps. Day. Yeah. Still good. Not the number one movie in the nation because that's lame to do that. Everybody does that. Okay. I was more the number six movie in the country at this time in 2015. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Good movie. Really good movie. Yeah. Maybe should have gotten some Oscar consideration, but didn't. Mm. Really good Mission Impossible movie. Very and good I'm, movie. I'm here for however many they want to make. Keep Mission making Impossible them, movies. Tom. Yeah. Uh, but it's been since then, since that uh, movie was number six in the box office, and what do you mean? Number one. Number one on the charts. Uh, since uh, the, the Broncos beat us. So uh, a, a fun you know, rivalry from our perspective, just keep beating the freaking Broncos. It's awesome. How was your Thanksgiving? It was beautiful. Um, I got one traditional Thanksgiving meal, which was enough for me. Perfect. I stuffed my plate full of what I wanted. Okay. Exactly what I wanted. I left the corn off. I left the green bean casserole off. Didn't need any of that. Both those things. Didn't need any of that. Uh, I had, um, vanilla ice cream with my pumpkin pie for the first time. Okay. Very good. Don't think I forgot the whipped cream on the pumpkin pie either. Mm-hmm. Just double dipped a little bit. It was phenomenal. I had pumpkin cheesecake. No, I, I don't always like cheesecake. Support, I always support uh, pumpkin cheesecake instead of pumpkin pie. Um, yeah, I had. I also had a great Thanksgiving. Um, it was annoying because uh, it felt like COVID was kind of back for a second. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, crap. These things, people, COVID, all this BS. Uh, it felt like last year a little bit, but we, we pressed on. We moved through. We still got Spadini night in. So yeah, we did. Um, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we always do Spadini at our yep. at our mom's house. We moved that back to Saturday. So for me, it felt like I had three straight, three to four straight Sundays in a row mm-hmm. because there was football 
and it just felt like a recovery day on Thursday, kind of felt like a Sunday. Friday definitely felt like a Sunday. Saturday really felt like a Sunday. And then Sunday felt like a Sunday. So for me, I was very confused. The break felt longer than than it than it was. Like yeah. I went back to work today and I was like, I haven't been here in three weeks. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I fully petitioned that the Chiefs have a bye week every Sunday of Thanksgiving. Because that was a nice break on the body. Yes. I needed that break. If I if I would have had to go and tailgate yesterday, that would have that would have been hard. Yeah, I wouldn't be here today. That would have been that would have been <laughs> difficult. But but yeah, it just felt like I got to Sunday and I was like, well, I haven't really gotten my day of rest yet, Mm-mm. and I can't do it now because now I have all this stuff to do because I haven't rested. I played golf on Friday. I played golf the day after Thanksgiving. Love Impressive. that. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Got out there. It was a frost delay. Yeah, same. Those are dumb. That was dumb. They waited till nine thirty to let they people tee till ten. Where I there played. was no frost. I was looking around for it. Why? I didn't see any. And I think people are just booking eight o'clock tee times, knowing that there's going to be a frost delay, mm-hmm. and they'll just start at ten o'clock when they want to. Yeah, and they'll get it go off at a First. reasonable hour. Mm-hmm. While meanwhile, we all get backed up. So I'm on to those people booking eight o'clock tee times when it's going to be thirty degrees out. They know the frost is coming. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's play this week. Let's play this week. Uh, but yeah, the Chiefs. Um, if we want to come back to that, anyways. Yeah, great Thanksgiving. Yep. I ate my tail off. Um, I avoided any illnesses that were going around. Mm. Just happy and pleased that I got to that I got to to feast and and not worry, dude. Plus. Okay, I don't, it's not that I don't like my child. Uh huh. It's not that I don't like my one year old, but having him for five straight days for the full day and not being able to send to daycare, it's a lot of work. It's called being a dad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like the weekends are a lot of work having him, and it took Wednesday off too. And so it's just like five straight days of having him all day. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I Shout out imagine. to all those stay at home parents. I you don't know. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, my dogs don't go to daycare, so I have them twenty four seven. So wow. I can relate. Incredible. I can relate. Um but yeah, the um the Chiefs, I don't know how to feel about them. They're I think that now the the Super Bowl favorites coming out of the AFC again, uh, according to Vegas. Um and a lot of people have them back in like the top five of power rankings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still very nervous about the team. I still don't think our offense is 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 clicking. Um, our offense was, I mean, Pat, Mahomes was bad in his last outing uh, yeah. against the Cowboys. Like he was not good, and um, so I'm still not like back just because the rest of the AFC stinks. Um, that's like you know, that's like comparing yourself. We 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 don't compare ourselves to the to others. We compare ourselves to the best teams in the NFL, and I think like the Buccaneers would be heavy favorites against us in the Super Bowl right now. And um, and probably the Packers would be favored against us in a Super Bowl right now. And um, I, I just don't know how to feel about the Chiefs. I'm still very nervous that the offense is not back. And I'm still very nervous about the offensive side of the ball. And so the, it's a big game against Denver. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of playing okay. And uh, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. I'm still, this is how I do feel. I still feel uneasy and unsure, and I'm not 100% confident in the Chiefs as the AFC favorite right now. Uh, I feel very confident in okay. it. Because, again, I, well, I, I watched that stink fest last night on Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. and barring a couple strange plays against the Ravens, we we could be 
in the number one seed mm-hmm. right now as yeah, we speak. Yeah. The Titans are falling apart with injury. Yeah. Um, the Patriots, I guess. Yeah, the Patriots. The, I mean, the Bills me still beat us bad at home, but yeah. they haven't been uh, very scary. And um, I mean, looking at it, people were talking about like Jonathan Taylor being the MVP. Well, I don't think he. I think he had like three carries in the uh, second but, half of the game. But what I'm going to say is the MVP race is still wide open, and I think Mahomes could go off, and, and that award could be his. Like, hmm. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. Uh, I think that's a little bias. A little bias? Yeah. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Uh, But I feel like, again, things are starting to kind of line up for the Chiefs, and then that starts to feel kind of good. So, uh, Also lining up for the Patriots, and Patriots Patriots fans are thinking that too. Sure, sure. With a rookie quarterback, sure, sure. But uh, I like the way things are lining up. That's how I feel. I, I like feel. the way things are lining up for us. We'll see. Very I think Sunday's going to tell us a lot. I think t- Sunday's going to tell us a lot. Yeah, uh, against the Broncos, who, uh, are they good? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about anyone. Everyone told AFC. me to watch out for the Chargers, and now they're, what, two and four in their last six yeah. or something like that? So I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. A lot of uncertainty, but if you can take – if there's a lot of uncertainty in the AFC and you're the two-time defending champs of the AFC, then – I'm going to feel pretty good about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, let's move, and we'll be out there on Sunday, which stinks. <laughs> I, why did they have to flex I that game? I hate that they flexed I signed this up game. to drive for that game. It's going to be Actually, easy. it's better now. So, now that, I, but like, I could, I could give away my driving shift right now. Probably. Easily. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want another Sunday. I don't game. want I'm it. Old. All I wanted was a noon game. Now after this, we're only going to have one noon game all mm-hmm. year. If if the I assume the Raiders game is not going to get flexed, but no. but yeah, um, it's too late for me. I don't like primetime games as a season ticket holder. Uh, it wears me out. Mm-hmm. Sunday night is only, yeah. I mean, no, I just don't want primetime games. I, I yeah. love away primetime games. Love yeah. away primetime games as a season ticket holder. It's too late. It's too late. late for me. Beginning and then Monday's gone or whatever the next day. It's either Tuesday <laughs> or be Friday. Sure to block our calendars. It's 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 the worst. Yeah, it's so anyways. Um all right, that's old man yelling. I wonder cloud. if we're in the minority there. Um no, I don't think so. well, yes, I think we are. Yes, because yes. the majority of Chiefs fans, I don't think they care about about whether or not they perform at their job the yeah. next day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people up in Raytona Beach Raytona Beach don't really mind. Yeah. The hangover. Myself I'd love to take a poll of, of that. Maybe you I feel should. Like the majority when, when of we're people, there, we yeah. should, we should The poll. majority of people in our tailgate are like, oh, oh, well, this is take, exhausting. We'll take a poll at the tailgate okay. next week. All right. Or not at the tailgate, but at the in, in the stadium up at our seats. Okay. See how people are feeling about it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's talk some openings and closings this week. Uh, first, uh, we got Westport Fish and Chips. Uh, this is coming to us from the owners of uh, the Jerusalem Cafe. Is that right? Yeah. So um, the owner of the Jerusalem Cafe, Jerusalem Cafe used to be in that spot, like on Westport Road and next to Beer Kitchen. And yeah, and they moved to Beer Qdoba, Kitchen and, the old Qdoba. Yeah. Was that a Qdoba? It was for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. So they moved. I got really drunk one time at that Qdoba. We were sitting. Like you showed up sober? Yeah. And, and we watched, <laughs> We watched at, like, um, I'm not kidding. We watched like a like an Ohio State, Florida game or something like that. Like, like five season? or six years ago. Wow. Yeah. And we sat. They had a circle bar. And yeah. the bartender, no one sits 
at like the circle bar there, right? Yeah. Everyone just like treats it like a Chipotle, goes and gets their burrito. We sat there and the bartender, um, they had a bartender there mm -hmm. and she did not know how to make drinks. And so <laughs> she was very, very slow making these margaritas. And so she was just like giving us all these free margaritas. Oh, and so we nice. sat there for like two hours and watched football on the TV at a Qdoba. A high drink. point in life or low point? I don't a very know. high point. Okay. Very high point. Um, but yeah, so the owners of the Jerusalem Cafe, they moved to that Qdoba. So they're in their old spot. You've probably seen a place called Chicken, Chick and Waffle. Yeah. They split the old Jerusalem Cafe into Chick and Waffle and then now Westport Fish and Chips. So there's two different, like small, kind of mostly to go ish style food there um, with Chicken and Waffle and West, Westport Fish and Chips, cod, catfish, shrimp. Looks awesome. Um, coleslaw, chips, funnel cakes. Mm. Love Fried funnel Oreos. Cakes. Yeah. Yeah. So looks that's phenomenal. That's going to be in uh, Westport Road in the old Jerusalem Cafe location right next to Chick Inn Waffle uh, called Westport Fish and Chips. I think okay. it's open right now. I saw the sign up when I was in Westport last week. All right. Also, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but here it is. It's finally opening up uh, the Peacock over by what, what's it in Westport? Uh, by like 303 Bistro. 303 Bistro, yeah. And the, in the old, old Regazza. The old Regazza. But. Yeah, it's now open. It's now open. I The only reason I put this on there is because I saw pictures of like the food and everything being served and it looked really, really good. So okay. it was just like, oh man, that place looks like a place I want to try. So even though we talked about it three weeks ago, it is now open. Again, this is the same owners as Bistro 303. They're doing like Thai and African and Middle Eastern food, like all different types of 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 different ethnic groups of food. And it uh, looks like it's going to be very good. Uh, and we've got, uh, we talked about this too a while back, just in time for patio season, Prime Social with the rooftop bar is open. Yeah, but this is like a fancy rooftop. Okay. So this is- So they might have heaters? I'm assuming they have, pe they have heaters of some mm -hmm. sort. But this is in that new building on the plaza in between the CBiz building and the locked-in building. Uh, I think it's called like, 1600 i don't know what it's called yeah brand new building there. brand new building it's got the, the cross bank cross first bank cross and first the art, bank, yep. art digital art thing on there mm. um so prime social is the rooftop on the 16th floor of this building it's the rooftop restaurant and bar uh cocktail lounge but it has like tvs and you can go and like eat eat there they have a full menu sushi yes lobster pork belly burnt ends pizza I'm down. Yeah. Uh, they have, they're have. they open 4 to midnight on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I might, get, I might have to go there this weekend. I know. I think, I'm think i thinking, like, it's going to be really nice this week. Okay. And uh, and this is the outdoor rooftop cocktail lounge uh, in the new building on the plaza. Their sister restaurant, which is called Ocean Prime, it will open, I think that's like on the first floor, in the main floor of that new building that's going to open next sometime next year i think spring next year so okay but prime social the rooftop cocktail lounge uh that has tvs and pork burn pork belly burn ends and pizza will be opening it's open now okay Sorry to um also we got to talk i mean tomorrow is december so tomorrow is december yes tomorrow is december yes uh time travel with me for a second so we've got to talk holiday pop-up bars uh, so we've got a little bit of a roundup. Some some of them, I'm sure there's. A I've ton got of them, nine but we've listed here. Got a here. handful of them. Nine listed here. Um, again, 
This is where you go get your Instagram game on. Yes. You go, Kevin, you just upgraded from an iPhone 8 to an iPhone 13 And Pro. my camera works now. And your camera works. So I can take pictures, uh, not just selfies. I can take pictures with the back camera. So look out. Oh, dang it. Instagram we were loving all the selfies out there. Sending. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, this is, this is, you have to go to at least one of these, get your Graham game on, mm -hmm. post all the drinks you get, post the menu, post the lights, do your thing at these holiday pop-up bars. Um, at most of these, again, making reservations and putting down a deposit is kind of the norm. So like, don't be yes. surprised when that happens. You're not going to find, you're, you're probably not going to find a place with that one. Yes. So don't worry about it. But you, if you basically go. have to make a reservation to go for the most part, if mm -hmm. you go with the group. Um, okay. So the first is at the campground in the West Love Bottoms. It's Great called burgers. Chris Kindle Market. Chris Kindle, Chris Kindle Market. It mm -hmm. is a German inspired holiday pop-up bar. Um, and it's at a German inspired market. So they're gonna have like different makers come in into their patio parking lot area for just two weekends. So December 9th and then December 16th. And it's gonna have like a little open market and like you can go and, and buy uh, stuff from other little makers. I think it's supposed to be like pretty heavily German themed. Okay. Next, Home Alone at Conductor Club. This is in Pierpont's Union Station. Love that. Home, Home Alone themed, obviously. Um, they have a drink there called Look What You Did, You Little Jerk. Mm. Uh, what about has, You're Such a Disease, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Do they have one of those? I don't know. Mm. I, maybe maybe the word disease on a drink menu in 2021. Yeah. Not the best <laughs> idea. I don't know if I'm going to go to this one. The the uh, Kevin... All of that. Mm. I'm just going to steer clear of that. Okay. Of those jokes. But this, this uh, look what you did, you little jerk cocktail has rye, a little cherry, and Jamaican jerk bitters. Ooh. Okay. So they like, because the bartenders there were just like, all right, we got to find something. Yeah. That we can put in this to make it a jerk. To make it a jerk. Okay. Uh, plus, I think it's like cola, you know, like cherry and rye was like a little, you know, he spills the Pepsi Cola. Mm hmm. Right. That's, that that's why he says, look what you did, you little jerk. Exactly. Or he is spills. it milk? They are cleaning up a lot of milk. Yeah, I can't milk remember. Milk gets spilled as well. But so does, so does Coke or Pepsi. Pepsi. We're going to look like idiots. <laughs> um, all right, next is Miracle. This is the, uh, you know, Miracle is put on by Rock Hill Restaurant Group. So there's the one above Rock Hill Grill on 20th. Uh, one on there's the one on the plaza and the old ingredient and old Oliver. Uh, there's one on at Power and Light and there's one at Town Center. Yeah. Four Miracles. Look out. 901 is at the Fontaine Hotel on the plaza. It's a rooftop terrace. This is the one with the igloos. We talked about this last year. So you rent that was these a little, wild idea. Yeah, you rent these little igloos um, for two to eight people for 90 minutes, and you have these little igloos outside. Yep. Uh, wreck the Halls. This is at Boulevard. We'll be there. We're going to be there for the influencer sneak peek. Not oh, a big yeah. deal. We're bringing our producer, Tucker. He's coming with. Let's go. Um, another... You know, thank you for the invite. We're super important influencers. We get the sneak peek. That's Wreck the Halls at the Boulevard, Wreck Deck. Um, Santa's Bake Shop, Martin City Brewery in Martin City, the Martin City one, not the Mission one. Um, Silver Bell Supper Club. This looks like a fancy one at Canary, your, your favorite place. Yeah, I love Canary. Um, so this looks like a little bit of a fancier upscale version. That's Silver yeah, Bell Supper Club. I wonder Supper if it'll Club. be in the... Uh, bottom on the first floor i guess i don't know or up on the rooftop i'm I, i'm not fancy enough to go i've never well, been 
you're not fancy enough or clubby enough. You got to kind of yeah. get that club music there okay. too. I've definitely on the not rooftop. On enough. the rooftop. Okay. Uh, Sip and Santa is at Julep. It's a classic. Snowbound is at Chicken and Pickle, and Tinseltown is at Tomstown. Okay, Boom. and you missed uh, Jay Rieger. Oh, and Jay Rieger. They've got one going on with specialty cocktails. A lot of mulled wine. Have you also, ever had mulled wine? Nope. It's like warm pass apple cider. I'm not a big fan of wine. apple cider. It's pretty good. I don't like apple cider. I don't. I'm good. not a big fan of cinnamon. I, I'm also tr- starting to realize. Okay. Like, I love cinnamon rolls, but mm-hmm. like the cinnamon flavor or cinnamon sticks in okay. a drink. Not a big fan. Well, go get your Instagram game on, people. Yes. Uh, Take some for grams. a full list of those. Um, just. Rewind this podcast. Take notes. Take notes. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Get out a pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, but those are all open now, basically. Uh, basically now. I think a lot of them opened on Friday after Thanksgiving. All right. Um, also, uh, closing this week, Sporting KC's season. Yikes. That was uh, frustrating because I feel like, uh, one, that Real Salt Lake reporter said a lot of mean things about Kansas City. Also, they stink. They stink. The team does. They were. We should have beat them. We should have beat them. And, and their goalie did something too. Mm. I don't know what. Do you know what he did? I don't know what he did. Um, we booed yeah. Him so if you didn't lot. know, um, Sporting KC lost uh, in the um, second round of the playoffs on a goal that was scored in the ninety-second minute, the mm-hmm. second minute of extra time. Um, about as I mean, it's the equivalent of of losing in the playoffs yeah. to a buzzer beater, it was, uh, just or your heart out right or there. a hail mary. Like that's that's the equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, I said this, but like, and this sounds mean, but I'm very glad that I wasn't actually like emotionally invested in this team because, or like, actually really care a whole lot. Because that would have that would have sucked, and yeah. I don't need more suck in my life around <laughs> sports. Like I don't need that. Yeah, Tottenham lost to like a, a, a awful awful team this mm-hmm. week, and I don't need any more suck in my life. And so and the I'm, Tigers and Mizzou is mm-hmm. not even c- competitive. Yep. in in basketball, and they got beat by our. I don't need more. You of didn't that. need more. So like I literally I watched it happen, and I was like. Well, that stinks. I'll head back over to red zone. Yeah. And like, that's all I had to really care all that much about. I felt it a little longer than you did. Okay. But that, not much. Yeah. I was just like, mm-hmm. whoa, that sucks. Yeah, that did suck. That sucks a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that sounds mean. I, I like sporting. I'm, 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 I support them. I'm for them. Right. But I was glad that it didn't take an emotional toll on me as, uh, if like, if that were to happen to the Chiefs, if they were to lose, lose, in the second round of the playoffs uh, on a Hail Mary, or if they were to lose in the second round of the playoffs on a walk-off home run. Yeah. For the, if, the, if that were to happen to the Royals, my month would be ruined. Yeah. I'd be done. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, I would be a wreck. Yeah. It, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. Into a team that you sh- that Sporting KC was, was better than. Yeah. Dominated. So, yeah. so there's a lot of people, Peter Vermes, is on the hot seat Who's a little saying bit. That everyone <laughs> go to the Sporting KC Reddit page. Okay, it's a bloodbath. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, there's a, it's just a constant argument. Like every single post on the Sporting KC Reddit thread is a different version of the argument of whether or not Peter Vermees should stay, and it's the age old question: consistency or titles. What do you want? Because I think we've gone to the playoffs like every year for the last 10 mm-hmm. years and made it past the second round once when we won it all. 
And every other time we've lost in the first round or the second round. And so we're going to the playoffs, but we're not winning anything. And um, not painting the wall. Yeah, that's this the year. big argument. I mean, again, Vermees, legend, great, taking this club. I'm, a lot I'm, of a, I'm a consistency guy. Okay. I'm a consistency right. guy. All right. So my vote is he stays. Okay. If I was in that Reddit thread, that, that would be me. Hey, hey, chiming in here, I vote he stays. Yeah, that would be me. I was uh, emotionally affected for three minutes longer than my brother yeah, was. So but. I vote he stays. Um, all right, let's move into uh, some wood we try this week. Uh, this week, I got out uh, to the Speedway, out to the Hollywood Casino. What? Uh, oh, to try yeah. uh, Final Cut, okay. their reopening of the steakhouse in the Hollywood Casino. Let me tell you, the Hollywood Casino on a Thursday night, that's some good people watching. Okay. Um, I, it's just, you walk in, uh, mask requirement, except if you're smoking a cigarette. Okay. Then you don't have to wear it. Okay. So that's kind of setting the scene as you walk in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just just chain smoking on a Thursday. It's just weird because you don't see cigarettes inside anymore. Indoors, right? Uh, yeah. So you get a nice bath as you walk in uh, and then just slot machines everywhere, which... Do they have dividers up at, on all the table games too? Yeah. yeah. Um, which slot machines, I won 35 bucks. Congratulations. That is way more than I've won in sports gambling in okay. the last... like. Two years since I've started making trips to Denver and, uh-huh. and been able to legally gamble, mm-hmm. I've never won anything. Okay, so basically, I'll take my odds at a slot machine rather than trust myself sports mm-hmm. gambling. Yeah, uh, which is something. And then <laughs> just casinos, man. Like I signed up for a play card because we got free money. That was a mistake. So like you know, Would you like, get ten bucks. <clears throat> uh, we ended up getting thirty bucks or, okay. or twenty bucks. I can't remember. Uh, but anyways, like as you're signing up for the card, they're like, hey, by the way, do you want to sign up for this credit card too? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's depressing. Because you know some people are like, yeah, $2,000 limit, let's go. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, man, that's tough. But then I went Probably to- with like a 35% uh, interest if you Probably. take cash advancements Probably. on the Hollywood Casino uh, credit card. Probably. Um, and then, uh, but then I went to the Final Cut um, Steakhouse, which the food was really good. Uh, I had like- an ahi tuna appetizer, Ooh, love a that. little elk steak uh, sample as Whoa. well. What else did they have? Um, crab cake, which was really good. So looks like the menu is going to be pretty good. And then I didn't realize this because I hadn't been to the Hollywood Casino, but it it's like movies, Hollywood. Ah, Lots of movie memorabilia. That makes sense. Including James Bond's tux from Casino Royale. Whoa. Dorothy's real ruby red slippers and dress. That uh, what's the actress? Uh, Judy Garland. That she wore uh, dinnerware from the Titanic, the ship, not the movie. Oh, is there? Well, also. I'd rather the movie. No, from the shipwreck. Okay, dinnerware is there hmm. and restored, uh, which was pretty cool. So lots of cool Hollywood memorabilia. Um, so yeah, I wonder that's how the, many that's the Hollywood casino. I wonder how many tuxedos uh, <clears throat> Daniel Craig went through. Yeah, during how the many... filming of of of. <laughs> Casino Royale. Yeah. He goes through a lot. Because remember, he almost dies. He fights those two uh, Nigerians in the stairwell, bleeding all over, mm-hmm. changes his shirt. Oh, that's that's one of the 
the good scene when yeah, the bad guys. This like, one was not bloody. I noticed you changed your shirt. Uh huh. This one was not bloody. It was after he beat those guys up. But uh, don't sleep on the Hollywood Casino. Uh, they're owned by Penn Gaming, so that was where like the Barstool Sportsbook would go once Cam Kansas legalizes sports gambling. Do it. So do it, Kansas. That plus the Speedway. You got a view of the Speedway from Final Cut. But soundproof, so you don't hear it. Yeah, I think Hollywood too is supposed to be like one of the nicer casinos in the in the region. It's huge. It's mm -hmm. big. I mean, compared to like, I mean, Seventh Street is literally just slot machines. Only slots. And yeah. so I've never been in the Isle of Debris, but um, it's not nice. Harrow's is nice. Yeah, it could, um, it could be up there with Harrow's. All right, my uh, what I tried this week, I finally did it. Not finally, because it, it's it's pretty new. But I was I was wanting to try this Taste Island Grill. Uh, this is on Thirty Sixth and. Broadway. It is uh, right next to um, so the owner of Masob Restaurant, Masab Restaurant, which is a French, Caribbean, and Ethiopian um, food. It's a nicer restaurant. It's like a sit-down restaurant. Opened uh, a place right next door called Taste Island Grill. Um, it's like a fast, casual Caribbean, French, Ethiopian style uh, restaurant. So think fast, casual. I got. Um, a bowl called the Island Love that had pork shoulder, like Ooh. which is basically just pulled pork. Um, this is a fancy way of saying pork butt, pork shoulder, yeah. same thing. Um, so pork shoulder, um, rice, beans, a corn salsa thing, uh, peppers and onions, sour cream, and then a spicy curry sauce Ooh, wow. on top of it. Um, and then I got some wings that were called the Killing Me Softly wings. Uh, that were spicy guava wings, and those are served with fry, French fries as well. So, um, great spot if you're looking for something different for lunch that, and you want fast casual. It is very very delicious. I would definitely recommend. Pretty quick to come out. Too. Yeah, really quick. I mean the the wings took longer. My bowl was like made right away. Well, the wings took a little bit longer to make, and and so, so did the fries. But if you're just going for a bowl and you're in Midtown, um, would definitely recommend Taste Island Grill on Thirty Sixth ish and broadway okay um all right our interview this week is with uh randy williams he's the senior director of corporate and community programs at the kansas city art institute danny what you learned is a school a it's university a college. it's a college it's a college yeah not a museum a four-year college where you graduate with a bachelor's degree yes in a variety of art art majors and yeah whatnot. and it was fun to talk to randy because of how much they do around kansas city that you wouldn't have known about Correct. what their students do uh they do a lot of work for nonprofit businesses uh by helping them with with art they do work like you might have seen it in different restaurants some of the work that their students have done for projects so kansas city artists institute is very involved in the community and you'll see their artwork everywhere um, it is part of our leading the line series uh, which is in collaboration with Lead Bank to highlight compassionate people and their imaginative work that is making a difference in our local community. Lead Bank takes the responsibility of being a community bank seriously and is dedicated to making our Kansas City an even stronger and neater community. A community that draws its strength and success from shared commitment to openness, regardless of neighborhood, gender, language, or ethnicity. Lead Bank will be at the heart of that commitment, bringing people, capital, and innovation together for the welfare of the city. Like I said, uh, sporty, or supporting the arts community has been a longtime commitment that Lead Bank has made. Lead Bank is proud to be a supporter of the Kansas City Art Institute. Supporting the Kansas City Art Institute is one more way to engage and connect the next generation of creators to the community. 
Uh, if you are looking for a high-quality financial product from a bank that is committed to being your bank for good, then look no further. For more information, call 816-220-8600 or visit www.lead.bank. Now here's our guest, Randy Williams. All right, today we are joined as part of our Leading the Line series with Randy Williams. He's the Senior Director of Corporate and Community Programs at the Kansas City Art Institute. Uh, so Randy, tell us a little bit uh, about your partnership uh, with Lead Bank, and you've got some events that you're doing with Lead Bank coming up here too, is that yes, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, Lead Bank has been a great partner with the Art Institute for a number of years, and it's uh, evolved over time, but a couple of the main programs we have with them now is one called um, Road Roller Day, which oh. will be coming up on April 15th, and it's a day-long- Tax day. Tax day. Get out it and is. come to this event. <laughs> yes. But it's an event we hold in their parking lot where our printmaking students will come down to Lead Bank. And when they're used to doing uh, standardized prints, if you will, on a standard uh, machine in the uh, – yeah, I'm going to mess this up. So it's um, where they normally – will produce their prints off of a standard printing press mm -hmm. in their studio. With this event, they work on four by eight sheets of plywood where they create wood blocks, and we bring those down and use a road roller that you would normally lay asphalt with and use that as the printing press in okay. their parking lot so they're making There's much larger prints. So you you're talking about the, like the big things, the big – big rollers that that smooth out streets and everything Correct. and like in the, in the zombie movies they like roll over zombies <laughs> yeah there you go yeah, yeah. it's that approach uh, so they they're rolling prints onto onto like canvas and then onto and plywood on, well it's they've made the the wood cut as it's called okay out of a four by eight sheet of material okay wood it's and then these days. <laughs> what is, plywood oh okay mm -hmm. can be yes. yeah Fortunately, it's going back down. Okay. But anyway, we talked then a lot they... about the lumber shortage on the Right. Plant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's been a challenge. Yeah. But uh, they will lay large sheets of material, either fabric or canvas. Okay. Or paper. Um, and then they'll ink up the board and then lay that on the, on the parking lot, lay the paper on that, and then the road roller will come by. And Josh Rowland has even run the road roller himself. CEO the of Lead Bank. Yes. That was my second question. Can I drive the road roller? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Ooh, yes. okay. That's how I would We volunteer. can make that work. Okay. So anyway, it creates these large prints, and then we'll display those in the parking lot throughout the day. Uh, sometimes a couple of them will end up on display inside the bank for a time. Okay. But it's great to come down, spend the day um, watching this process, and then come back in the afternoon and see the finished product. And then are those prints auctioned off or anything like that? Um, or we, sold? They have Maybe. sold some. Okay. Yeah. You know, but it's up to the individual student if they want to keep them or sell them. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a really fun event. It is. And April 15th. And it, it, it's like perfect for tax day because it sounds like there's some frustration like something being ran over <laughs> like you could just slide your taxes mm -hmm. under the under the road roller and just be like i'm done with this finish a print yeah. of my tax reform. a print of your w-2 <laughs> mm -hmm. just be like yeah yeah i like that idea yeah and then you have you partner with them for the um the leap, the lead emerging artist prize too with yes, Lead Bank, right? That's another really that. cool program that we've started with Lead Bank, where they wanted to recognize some of our younger students 
um, and help them with a scholarship. So what we do at the end of each semester, we have what's called the um, end of semester exhibition and show that is free to the public to come in and tour all the exhibits or all the uh, studios mm -hmm. on campus. And some of the students will have work for sale and others just have some on display for, for viewing. But during that time, we'll, Josh Rowland and the lead bank staff will put together a jury of four or five local artists in the area to come in and view the work of the students. And then they select four uh, recipients of the LEAP Award, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And then the students will receive a scholarship. And then they also will exhibit their work in a, uh, a single show um, for three months in the lead bank lobby. So over the next year, once those students are uh, selected, they will have the opportunity to show their work in the lobby at the bank. Wow. And yeah. right now we have uh, Zach Comstack's work up okay. uh, where you can see that in the lobby. It'll be there through the end of the year. And then in January, um, Avery Istwan will be uh, displaying some of her illustration work. And then after that, we have Lily Brown, who is a junior in printmaking, and some, some of her prints will be on display. So Kansas City Art Institute, before we had this interview, I didn't know exactly what it was. I mm -hmm. thought it was more of like a... I don't know. Because of where it is, its location, by the Kemper and by the Nelson, I thought it was more of like a museum than – I don't know if that's dumb. Is like it a, dumb? more of a gallery than a, than a, a, than a college. Because a mm -hmm. it's an accredited four-year college that – That's dumb. I, I'm dumb, yeah, <laughs> that, that you get a bachelor's degree from, right? Yes, that's correct. We are a private college of art and design uh, offering a four-year degree with a bachelor of fine arts as um, the prize, if mm -hmm. you will, at the end of your four years. And we off actually offer that in 13 different majors. So they run the gamut from animation and art history and ceramics to fiber filmmaking, photography, illustration, um, product design is our newest major that we just started a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. uh, sculpture, painting, um, and, you know, there's a, a lot of great opportunity there for students to really hone in on the type of work they want to do. Yeah. And how long has have you guys been around? <laughs> we are actually the oldest arts organization in Kansas City. It's okay. over 130 years. Mm -hmm. 1885 is what I read that's on, on Wikipedia. So mm -hmm. I hope that's right. <laughs> nice research. What, he did the research. Is it... Uh, do you see it as like a, a commuter college? Like sometimes I think mm -hmm. of UMKC is that where not everybody will live on campus. Is this where you have most students living on campus, kind of, you know, quote unquote, traditional students coming out of high school, going to Kansas yeah. City Art Institute? If they are not from the Kansas City area, they are required to live on campus their first year. Mm -hmm. um, so we have what's called the foundation program where they are experienced to all 13 different degrees. Because, you know, coming out of high school, they may have had experience in painting or photography, but not ceramics or animation or some of the other, you know, graphic design, some of the other programs. So we want to give the students the opportunity to experience all those, and then they will declare which degree they want to go into. That makes sense. Uh, but they're required to be on campus the first year, and just two years ago, we opened a brand new uh, student living center for them, so we've got great facilities for the students. And then after that, they can either stay in the student living center or most of them will find an apartment nearby. Mm -hmm. um, so. Here comes another uh, really dumb question. Do you guys have a mascot? 
We do not. Oh, um, some opportunity I know. there. I was like, I was trying to formulate um, if they had a basketball team and if they had beat Mizzou in basketball yet. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I, think like, I know that UMKC was, has, but I, don't I didn't know, know, if know if you had if to go there. But yeah, <laughs> we don't have a basketball team, but we do have a soccer team. Okay. Yeah. Look okay, out, so, Mizzou Tigers. Um, <laughs> don't don't schedule them. Potential potential mascots, um, like a paintbrush. Well, I was I was thinking of like a, a shuttlecock, even though it's a soccer team. But I was just thinking art with a yeah. Nelson next door. Well, maybe maybe we that would be a good competition. I mean, like uh, I feel like everyone has a competition where you like draw the mascot. You're an art institute, so you have a lot of creative artist pe- or artistic people there. So have have the competition be <laughs> who can come up with the school mascot. What do you think about that idea? That's been tossed around many times. Okay. And it's never never landed. Okay. Mm, Dang it. Well, now you've got the support of a local podcast behind this. Yeah. We'll see how far we can take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know you mentioned um, some, some of your majors and, and some stuff like sculpture, right? That's been around forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I imagine there's new majors that are like around animation. You said animation was one. I imagine that has a lot to do with computers and computer generated images sure. um, how ha- else has the art institute morphed and changed over time as art has really changed over time yeah we have we are basically known as um, a college of makers because it's people that want to work with their hands um, be it on computer or be it you know working with clay and sculpture materials and so on so you know it has morphed a lot over the years um, within the last Four years, we've added what's called the Beale Studio for Art and Technology, mm-hmm. and it is full of 3D printers and a uh, digital loom for our fiber students that want to work uh, digitally with their designs. And we have, you know, uh, CNC scanners, um, and you know, so or laser cutters. Okay. So there's a lot of different capabilities that are now being used that are more on the technology side than than previously. But a lot of the older, you know, ones are still tried and true um, forms of art that we um, certainly want to support. And, mm-hmm. you know, even our fiber students, um, we, aren't, we do not have a fashion design degree. That's a misconception a lot of people have. But we have a degree in fiber where they're actually working with the fiber material and how it's created. So our students as sophomores, once they've gone into that program, they take them out to a sheep farm and they learn how to shear the sheep and turn the wool into actual fiber. Yeah, that you know, process so. I don't understand, like how yeah. cotton or wool becomes a T-shirt. Right. I don't understand that at all. Our students I, could help you with I, I know. And I wonder if, uh, you know, I think of our friends, a lot of times we have the debate of like, you know, the Traeger grill versus classic like charcoal smoked barbecue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going on with like, I'm painting with a brush, you're painting with a, a 3D printer <laughs> making art, that kind of debate. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. When we first brought the 3D printers online on the college, we thought they would just make objects mm-hmm. with it. But no, they were using it to make tools that they could then use to create what they were wanting to create. Yeah, and, and you mentioned product so, design being uh, kind of a newer major. Is Are there like people there that want to invent things and like create solutions and then as part of that do you have uh programs to help students like maybe they invented something that's awesome like a new tool or something to like get that copyrighted or or, mm-hmm. or patented or anything like that 
Yeah, it gets into all aspects of that. Because mm-hmm. if you stop and think about it, from product design, everything you touch or see every day was designed by someone. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different aspects to that degree on how the students want to take it. It could even just be in packaging. Because if you look at some of the you know materials that are shipped to you today, even your phone, for instance, the packaging alone is pretty you know, spectacular on mm-hmm. how it's designed. Somebody's got to do that. So who so. designed the iPhone packaging that can't fit the block in it anymore? <laughs> that someone someone made that design decision then. That's, so that's true. Um, what about as far as I know Kansas City, I, I, when I think of art, sometimes I think of like what I see out in the community, maybe with like First Fridays in the Crossroads or the, I think it's Third Fridays in Independence. Mm-hmm. Um, in Inglewood. In Inglewood. Um, do you have students getting out and getting involved in, in community events like that Absolutely. as well? Yes. Yeah. And not only our students, but also our alums that, mm-hmm. you know, stay in this area. In fact, it was some of our alumni that actually started the First Friday mm-hmm. uh, concept, you know. Yeah. And is that part of the, the mission of the school? Is it uh, to keep those artists in Kansas City? And, and I mean, is that a goal of the school or do you just want are you just kind of like, yeah, we want our artists to flourish and where we them. want them to flourish wherever they find the best fit. Um, a lot of them do stay in Kansas City because the cultural arts scene in Kansas City is so great mm-hmm. that a lot of them find it worthwhile to just stay here at least for a few years and, you know, kind of get their legs under them, mm-hmm. um, if you will. So, yeah, it's uh, been good. But we actually have students that come to the Art Institute right now. We have 38 states represented okay um and students from a few i think four or five other countries so the art institute is um, a very special place that uh, you know a lot of people like you said just hear about it hand up but don't really know (laughs) what goes on there in fact um our current president tony jones when he first came to uh, the college five years ago he referred to the art institute with with its location between the nelson and the kemper museums Mm -hmm as two showrooms and a factory. I like where that. Where we're creating the artwork that will eventually be shown in those museums. And so are there any, okay, so like I admitted at the very beginning, hand up, I, I, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad Kansas City and I didn't know much about the Art Institute, but is there any other ways uh, for the public to, to be a part and su- not only support the Art Institute, but, but um, interact with the artists and, and see what, what the artists are doing? Uh, obviously, the road roller is one of them, but mm-hmm. but yeah. what about just like on a on a Tuesday afternoon? Is there is there a way for the public to to interact with uh, the work um, that's going on? I mean, on? you can you know it's an open campus. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can walk you know from the Kemper through our campus over to the Nelson, uh, and there's plans to build that out a little better, if mm-hmm. you will, and make it a more robust experience for people that are walking, especially when the streetcar comes through. And there'll be a stop uh, right there at 45th and Main, so you can get off, go through the Kemper, walk through our campus over to the Nelson and back, and then jump back on the streetcar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at what that's going to mean for our campus going forward, because it's probably going to mean more traffic mm-hmm. for us. Um, but at the same time, there are other ways that you can get in and actually see the work that's going on there. For instance, coming up December 3rd, 4th, and 5th is what uh, we call our end-of-semester exhibition and sale. Perfect it's timing. free to the public to come in, go into the different studios, and you can purchase student artwork at that event. So it's a great place to go uh, see what's happening in the studios, and we're very fortunate that we can finally open that back up again because we obviously weren't able to do that for the yeah. last couple of years. That sounds like semesters. an incredible event that I would love to be part of. Yeah. So when you say studios... Are those like the classrooms for yes. the students? 
Yeah. And is all of that, I know that the the mansion right there. Um, Vanderslice Hall. What is it called? Vanderslice Hall. Mm. August August Meyer just got booted. Wasn't it his house? <laughs> no. It oh, was I not. thought it was. It was actually the home of August. I'm sorry. You Howard. said August Meyer. August Meyer. It was his home. Pardon okay. me. I messed that up. But it was purchased after his death back in the 20s. It was purchased by a gentleman by the name of Howard Vanderslice. Okay. And he was on the board of trustees for the Art Institute. So he purchased it and donated, donated it. the entire eight acres, eight and a half acres, uh, to give the Art Institute a permanent home. Because prior to that, they were sort of bouncing around from building to building downtown. Downtown, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that when we, we used to have a segment. We were, like ran out of uh, street names, but we mm-hmm. used to have a segment where we would describe or, or talk about who each street was named after. And we were talking about Meyer Boulevard. And I remember that it was his mansion. Yes, that 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 was all turned into. So that is kind of the main hall. And then there, and and it, for this event on December third, fourth, and fifth, is that where it will take place? No, okay. it, you will actually go. There's multiple buildings on the campus. Okay, now. Uh, and each building is set up based on the design work that's being done there, or the degree. So you've got the painting building, you've got the animation building, you've got um, the ceramic studios. And so on. So you can go and, and tour all these different spaces and, you know, see what the students have on display. Uh, it's a great time to maybe purchase some unique Christmas gifts for some people. Love that idea. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's open if you know you can go on the website to get more information. But it's basically five to eight on Friday night, which is the key time to be there because all the good stuff goes first. Okay. You know how that works. Yeah. But then it's also open on Saturdays, I think, from 10 to 5 and then from noon to 5 on um, Sunday. Yeah, I was looking so, at notable alumni, and Thomas Bitten was one of them. Didn't we? He was not an alum. He taught there. Or he taught he there. Taught. He yeah. taught there. Um, and I thought we talked about him. Didn't his art go up for sale or something recently? Or Yeah. We, with his um, estate was yeah, for sale like, in the news? Yeah. So we had to research Thomas Bitten for... Well, we, for Bitten Boulevard. For Bitten Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there was like something with like UMB... There's something weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's something weird about who runs... The Thomas H. Benton Foundation, something something weird going on mm-hmm. with that. But uh, I, but I don't his, his home is actually a state park now here in town. Okay. Yeah. So, so you can actually go through and tour his home, mm-hmm. and his artist studio is still the way it was, you know, when he passed. So we've talked about like how a lot of your students coming out of the Art Institute, they stay in Kansas City because of the thriving art scene here. Mm-hmm. What are some other organizations in Kansas City that that help make Kansas City a, a great home for artists well obviously you know over the years hallmark cards uh hired a lot of our um do you think that's why we have so many artists here i think that's i think it's part of it it's one of the you know original companies that that started that and Mm -hmm. hired a lot of our um, graduates Mm -hmm. into their program um but you know they're working in multiple different locations now uh, a lot going on. We've our animation program is becoming well known, and it's actually the second largest student body wise on campus. A lot of students are wanting to go into animation. Number one is illustration, by the way. But uh, from animation, we've had students that have uh, graduated and gone on to work for Disney and Pixar and Netflix, and you know, so they're not all staying in Kansas City. They're actually mm-hmm. heading out and getting some great jobs with some high profile companies. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Um, so. Um, I know Lead Bank. We've talked about them being um, supporters of you guys. Mm-hmm. If 
if people in Kansas City are interested in, in somehow either partnering with you guys or getting more involved with the Art Institute, is there a way uh, to do that? Or um, is it more just kind of coming out and seeing the events that you guys have? Um, it's the events. There's, you, know, you say, I have another program I run called Sponsored Studio which is where we'll work with local businesses as well as nonprofit organizations to take on creative projects you know, that they need some help with, and we'll do it in the classroom. And so it's a unique partnership where we can um, provide a different perspective on some of the things they think they're wanting, and then once our students get a hold of it and give them multiple other options, um, it's amazing some of the things that are coming out of that. A couple of them that you can see um, publicly that are out there, uh, one of the most recent is with Kansas City Young Audiences, which their offices are located right on Main Street at about 37th and Main. Uh, we just put a new mural on the outside of their building that's two, to two stories tall. Oh, yeah. um, that was done by our students in one of our classes called the Micro Agency, okay. where we have students actually apply to get into this class and it's operated as if it's a small design agency. Mm -hmm. And so we have our clients mm -hmm. that we have these projects where we'll come in and present the class or present the project to the class. The students will then come up with multiple concepts, present those to them so they're learning presentation skills at the same time and how to accept criticism or critiques from uh, an outside source, mm -hmm. which is real life. It's a good um, skill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they'll select the design they want to go with, and then we put it into full production form. Yeah. Um, another one is down at the Monarch Bar west of the plaza. If you've mm -hmm. been in there, you know, their whole concept is based hour, yeah. on – yes, mm -hmm. it is. Um, but their whole concept is based on the Monarch Butterfly. And so they wanted a unique piece of sculptural, you know, their sculpture to put in their space. So – the uh, butterfly sculpture that hangs over the bar in there has a hundred individual butterflies, and that whole um, piece was developed by our students. Wow! You know, and it's won all kinds of national awards uh, for its design. Um, Can have to keep an so. eye out to see like where I see something and wonder if it's yeah. maybe the students. A couple of others are out at the Kansas City Zoo. Okay, uh, we've done a did a large mural for the Sea uh, Ray. Touch Tank exhibit. Okay. And then most recently, the entrance into the elephant, an African elephant exhibit, um, is a large building that we wrapped in artwork for them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Incredible. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot about the Art Institute. I, I had we a know, lot to learn. There's some big gaps. We know museum now. We yes. post to school. There's where big you go gaps. to get your bachelor's degree. Big gaps. <laughs> we have filled those gaps. Uh, one other thing, you mentioned if people want to help support mm -hmm. the yeah. school. On June 4th, we are bringing back, uh, after COVID, our big art and design auction. Okay. Which is a private and live auction that's held on campus. And all of the artwork at that event is donated by our alumni and faculty. Okay. Um, it's an amazing event. Normally about 500 people show up, and we have it on typically around 250 pieces of artwork on display for that event. Is that an event like out in the lawn? Yes. Oh, I bet that's really yeah. nice. I mean, the, the event and the dinner is outdoors, mm -hmm. but all the artwork is inside. Oh, I didn't know it's, there's it's, food. Oh, also. lots of food. Ooh. Lots of food. You got to be fancy to go. Uh, well, I, I own a tuxedo now. Okay. So I'm fancy. It's, yeah. You don't need your tuxedo, but <laughs> oh, you can well, still come. <laughs> I, I might. 
that way people are like, wow, watch out for him in the bidding wars. Yeah, here comes he's the got a, He's got a $150 tuxedo. Look out for that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, Randy, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, and uh, thanks for what you do at the Art Institute and for Kansas City. We appreciate well, it. We're happy to do it. It's a great place to be. All right, thanks again to Randy for joining us. Obviously very informative, uh, fun. And uh, now i got to go back to the Monarch and see that piece of art, the butter- butterflies that he was talking about. Yeah, I wonder if there's a, a place online where you can like <laughs> see all the artwork around Kansas City. Yeah, and we've got to get that uh, the mascot up and running. Yes. He was biting on it a little bit. Yeah, wouldn't we come up, up with like running. Billy the Brush maybe? <laughs> yeah, that could be one. That, that's a, I think that's for a pretty the good one. Team? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no mascot. We should yeah. do a poll. And we got to do the, a little Christmas shopping there too. Yes, for sure, this weekend. Um, do some Christmas shopping this weekend at the Kansas City Art Institute. And uh, yeah, it was a great interview. Okay, uh, let's move on to a little, uh, a little fun fact about Kansas City here. I also need to find more... Places to take advantage of student labor. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because you, you ever heard of like, like... You're looking for free interns like and stuff? Free, no, yeah. Like Cray America? Yeah. No, because you always hear like, if you go to like UMKC <clears throat> dental school or something, you can get like free work done there. Or like you there. can get a haircut from someone in beauty school. Or, or like yeah, I've heard that there's like a, a massage uh, school where you can go and get like a $40 hour-long massage or something like that from mm-hmm. a student. I need more ideas like that because okay. they have their like art thing where you can go buy art from these students, and I bet it's really impressive, and it's probably not the same as an established artist with like, you know, a career and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I need <laughs> to take advantage of I need of to take advantage of, of working students. Um, have you thought about working for the NCAA? It's a very good point. I, uh-huh. could, I could just become a, a, a head coach of a college football team, yeah. make $7.5 million, <laughs> complain about students entering the transfer transfer portal mm-hmm. and then when i enter the transfer portal portal i show up in a private jet with my family in los angeles and all the coaches from my uh and all the team. coaches just to fly on my private jet because i'm in the private in the transfer portal you'd and be that's a great different head, for me yeah you'd be a great ncaa employee i would love that uh-huh. i would love that that's what it sounds like um all right so now uh we've got a, a, a little fun fact about kansas city fun fact it is christmas is time this, we should call this fun facts don't fact check us don't fact check us absolutely don't but go ahead. But yeah, uh, since it's the holiday season, it's winter. Chili season. Chili season, soup, soup season. season. What are you using to make those? I'm using my crock pot. Crock pot. Did you know? What? One, this is the 50th anniversary of the crock pot. And two, it was basically invented by a Kansas City company. Okay, so, basically invented by a well, Kansas City company. We made it, fa- a Kansas City company called Rival Manufacturing made it famous. So it's a slow cooker. What? Crockpot's a brand. Like Kleenex. N- incorrect. You sure? I am positive. Okay. I read the article. Okay. Okay. So the Crockpot was the Crockpot is a is a uh is a trademarked brand by Rival Manufacturing for its slow cooker. Okay. But it's not a brand. It's Rival Manufacturing's Crockpot. So it is a it is it is part of their. Just let me fin- let me get let me let me. You just said brand. It is yeah. It's like uh, but like Kleenex is a company. Okay. So like Kleenex is owned by Georgia Pacific. Okay. 
okay, smart, smart guy. It's like, it's <laughs> like, just saying. it's like, um, I know my paper goods. Okay. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'll think of what it's like while I, while I give okay. you these facts. School here. Me. So it, it was invented by a guy named Irving Naxon and it was called originally called the Naxon Beaner because he invented it. Beanery. <laughs> <laughs> Naxon Beanery. I can't believe that name didn't stick. <laughs> Rolls off, off to, the tongue. Rolls off, off the tongue. Off to a flying start here. We, there was actually a bar in, uh, or a, a coffee shop slash bar in Columbia called the Beanery. <laughs> and it was like coffee beans. But we would, we would have parties there. Um, so anyways, it was invented as a way to cook beans. And it was originally called the Naxon Beanery. Um, Irving Naxon, the inventor, he patented it all. All that good stuff never took off as a bean pot. Essentially, that's what it was, just for cooking beans. So he sold the patent to Kansas City Company Rival Manufacturing. Rival Manufacturing sent the assembled, patented, um, now their thing, to the test kitchen where two women, uh, Kathy Moore and Roxanne Weiss, uh, were working in the Rival Manufacturing test kitchen and discovered that uh, it could cook so much more than just beans. Mm -hmm. And so they started cooking chicken in there and stews and soups <clears> and all this good stuff. And that's when they came up with the name Crock-Pot. So they called it the Crock-Pot. Um, they, this test kitchen and all of this was happening in Kansas City. They came up with a bunch of recipes. Um, this was before the internet. So they, they didn't have ways to get these recipes out. So they did all these demo shows and all these department stores across the country. Um, the first year it was introduced, it had $2 million in sales mm -hmm. by year four, $93 million uh, in sales. Find a time machine, go back and invest. Rival manufacturing mm -hmm. here. Um, so they, uh, the two women, uh, Kathy Moore and Roxanne Weiss, who basically created the way to sell this, um, they still live in KC. They oh, still wow. are making cookbooks. Get them cookbooks. on the pod. Great idea. Yeah. Still are making cookbooks. Uh, all that good stuff, and they basically invented the Crock-Pot. So thank you, um, Kathy Moore and Roxanne Weiss and Rival Manufacturing. I don't even yeah. know if Rival Manufacturing is still around. That's a good uh, I don't know, but maybe what you were trying to say is Crock-Pot is a product. Is a product. Yeah, it's still headquartered in KC Mo. Like founded in 1932, parent organizations Newell Brands and Holmes Products. Okay, well... Nice little holiday fun fact. There you go. That you can roll out as, uh, you know, you're at a party and there's going to be a crockpot at every single holiday party from here on out. Mm, rival. Great yeah. conversation started. Thanks yeah, for that. 50 year anniversary. Um, all right. Little personal pine tar where uh, life's minor inconveniences really, really get under your skin. Um, I've got an update on okay. one. Um, so. From last year? From last year. Okay. It was, I learned that. Ornament hooks were sold separate from ornaments. You have to take out a loan to buy ornaments also because correct. of how freaking expensive they are. That's correct. And the fact that they don't even come with ornament hooks correct. is a real bummer. But after I complained about that, uh, my future mother-in-law bought ornament hooks for me last Christmas. So now this year, as I am opening up all our Christmas decorations, getting our tree set up, I had the ornament hooks. So I was able to success successfully use the ornament hooks this year and didn't forget to buy them because I didn't know they didn't come with the ornaments. Ornament hooks are way better than the strings. Yeah. Because you can't get the strings deep, like, deep enough mm -hmm. on the tree, especially if you have a heavy ornament, then it can only hang on the end. So even when it has like a little string on the ornament, I still throw a hook on there 
and then you can go deeper into the tree and all that good stuff. Yep. You should but, see my tree this year. But there's just a little update. It is, uh, I think the Sunday after Thanksgiving should, we should just change it to be Christmas tree day. Sure. Because I think everyone puts up their Christmas tree on that Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a perfect day for it. It was. It was, was no Chiefs. Again, I petitioned gorgeous. for the Chiefs to have a bye yeah. that Sunday. I mean, mm -hmm. I think most teams would, would want that. Mm -hmm. It's probably a hot spot. Um, all right, my personal pine tar, pretty simple here, folks. Um, leaves, they suck. I hate picking up leaves. I absolutely hate it. Um, well, you have a lot of tree leaves or trees. I don't have a single leaf producing tree on my property, um, but the whole yard covered in leaves, a couple feet deep, probably. We have our entire block of sycamore trees. Sycamore oh, trees huge. have these huge, heavy leaves, mm -hmm. um, take up a lot of space in the bags. Uh, it's a pain. And, and, here I'll do a, I'll do a, a quick verbal meme. It's mm -hmm. like me, uh, me when my yard is covered with leaves and everyone else is outside raking. Me, I'm sorry guys, I'm too busy. Like I don't have time to rake. Like what do you expect me? Uh, I have got no time, no free time whatsoever. I can't rake. Uh, and then me after I rake my yard, driving by, seeing people with leaves in their yard. These. These people, these freaking lazy people, why don't they rake? Why don't they just rake their yard? I mean, it's really not that hard. Just rake yeah. your yard. So it's a little before and after how you're that's, going. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's definitely me. When my yard is a mess, I just complain about how I'm way too busy to rake. Mm -hmm. When my yard is clean and I'm driving around seeing all these other schmucks who haven't raked their yard, I'm like, come on, guys, have some pride. <laughs> have some pride in your yard. What are you doing all weekend? And you couldn't get out and rake your leaves. So yeah. that is very much how my brain operates on uh, around leaves. But but in general, they suck. Fair. And then you're sore the next day. Uh, so do suck. I did get to complain about being sore from raking while playing golf. Oh, that's a good built-in excuse. Great built-in excuse. a good built-in excuse. Yes. Um, all right, let's move into our mixed plate this week. Uh, we have got, ooh, I'm getting hungry thinking about this, the mixed plate of nachos, so best nachos uh, that we can think of in Kansas City. So That's right. Very excited for this one. Very excited. You get to do the honors of this mm, one, though. Yes, yes. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, this is an easy number one for me. Um, mixed plate of, of best nachos in KC, my meat number one. Grand Falloon. Yep. Don't ever change Grand Falloon. Your nachos are Good. delicious. You've got it all. You've got one. Well, I, I like their chicken nachos better than their burnt-in nachos, but a lot of times if you just go there like, and you're with a big group, you can talk the group into just go ahead and doing both. Oh, um, okay. They've got the orange cheese sauce and shredded white cheese. Nachos have to have both. Good mm -hmm. nachos have both a cheese sauce. A cheese sauce and I like it when they're if they're baked with shredded cheese Some melted and baked cheese. as well. Mm -hmm. um, the fresh jalapenos, freshly sliced jalapenos on there are delicious. Um, everything about Grand Falloon's nachos are, are amazing. Best nachos in the city. Never change. Uh, Grand Falloon, meat number All one. All right. Uh, that's a good choice. Uh, my uh, meat number one, uh, I'm going with the uh, the helmet brisket nachos at the K. <laughs> the, bris the brisket nachos. Briscadachos. They've got uh, in the helmet. In the helmet, they've got um, like a cheesy corn that goes in it. Ooh! But if you ask nicely, they'll just get you the cheese sauce, sans corn, and that's what I did last time I got them. I was like, "Can you guys just not put 
the corn part of the cheesy corn in there. What is up with and you so, and corn, so dude? So I got that, and that that helped a lot. But yeah, also um, they're lucky nachos. Also, when I got them in 2015, game two of the ALDS against the Astros. Wow, we fell down a couple runs. I finished off the nachos. I put it on as a hat. We rallied, came back, won the game. I still have the the helmet nice. from that game. You should wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, side. I've never gotten the nachos at the at the K. Buckle up. All right, take PTO the next day. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad. Um, side number or meet number two for me. Drunken Worm on 39th okay. Street. It's a good spot. They have a thing. I think it's called like big. It's called like big old or Nacho Supreme or big old nachos or something along those lines, and it's basically like just push every button in the computer and just add every topping that's available at the drunken worm is like a Mexican restaurant and they have margaritas, tacos and all that stuff. It's just like press every button on the screen and it's $24 nachos and they are exactly what you imagine piled high, uh, delicious, a couple different types of meat, whatever you want. Um, it's just press every button type of nachos, which I'm, I'm in favor of. Yeah. Uh, do you remember in Manhattan at Fuzzy's Tacos pressing every button mm-hmm. to the point of fried shrimp, grilled shrimp? It was sh- uh, shrimp tempura and grilled shrimp on they, nachos. They printed out the receipt and hung it on the wall. Yeah. It was, it was epic. Um, yeah. All right. My meat number two here. I'm going with the pork belly nachos at Zocalo mm. on the plaza. Yeah. Talking pork belly. Delicious. Zocalo's underrated. I think so too. Their fajitas are also very good. Uh, it's got the queso, caramelized onions, uh, bacon, and even a fried egg on it. Mm. Like these nachos are incredible. Uh, the pork belly is really good. They've got the queso, mm-hmm. the, the cheese sauce. So uh, pork belly nachos at Zocalo, elite appetizer. Okay. Um, all right. My side number one. Um, Is it pandering? I mean, this is a place where I get nachos a lot. The peanut. Yeah. I I always get, a lot of times I get nachos there and I'm not going to complain. They're just piled high with a bunch of meat and cheese sauce and it's delicious. And they're like, just like Tostitos chips probably. Yeah. Um, But I love their nachos supreme and I'm not going to apologize for that. Um, You know, obviously it's not what they're most known for, but they're very good. It's uh, it's a combination of like I think the peanut on Maine has like ten ingredients in the back, uh-huh. and it's about eight of them. Yeah, like everything but the wings mm-hmm. go on it. Yeah, like they've got ground beef back there. They've got salsa and queso and yeah. chips, and that is basically like half of the ingredients at the peanut get on the nachos. It's it's yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's like nachos you'd make at home too, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I support that. By the bottom of it, it's very messy and. and I got some <clears throat> last week. Soggy chips at the bottom are really good. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. I'm going with uh, my uh, side number one here. I'm going with one of my favorite Mexican restaurants, Mi Ranchito. Mm-hmm. Over, uh, well, there's a couple around uh, up north, Old Overland Park. But they've got some fajita nachos okay. that are phenomenal. Talk to me. Uh, refried beans. They've got their uh, jalapeno cream cheese, which is just. Whatever you get on their menu, just make sure that's involved. Uh, and they've got the Monterey Jack cheese sauce as well, topped with all the, you know the classics, the sour cream, the pico, mm-hmm. all the jalapenos. It's phenomenal. Plus, you get that choice of like the fajita meat on there as well. So okay, the fajita nachos are amazing. All right, um, side number two for me. 
Um, this is going to surprise you. Yeah. But the, the nachos are good. You just can't deny it. Chili's. Oh, Chili's wow. on 85th and Warnold. Like, I don't trust a, some of their the nachos are good, though. I'm not a big fan of Chili's. I know. That, mm -hmm. That's okay. Okay. Uh, but the nachos are good. Chili's has good nachos. I defend them. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about them. I think it's like the, the queso or whatever it is, the, the queso that they pour on top. They're just good nachos. And maybe it's a little nostalgia. I don't know what it is, but I like the Chili's nachos. Okay. Uh, I'm going uh, to switch it up here a little bit. A little bit. They're nachos, but it's not tortilla chips. It's tater tots. The tachos at BRGR, uh, which are really good. And then they come loaded with, you know, the cheese sauce, all the traditional tachos kind of toppings. That's basically poutine. Uh, but they're called tachos, and they're basically nachos, uh, and they're phenomenal. And BRGR brings the heat on them. Okay. Very good. What did you leave off? Nothing. Okay. Um, Plow <laughs> Boys, Boys Barbecue has some barbecue nachos. I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, I have not had them either. John's Big Deck has good nachos. Oh, you can do brisket dang, that's there. that's a good one. And sometimes they'll even do, you, you can do their nachos with Doritos. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds um, good. Tiki Taco, I've heard, has really good nachos. Heard really good things about Rudy's nachos. Okay. Uh, Manny's nachos Just are very good. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm I love nachos. I love homemade nachos too. Yeah, nachos are awesome. So that was a good that was a good mixed plate there. I'm I'm very hungry now. Um, but uh, all right, that'll do it for us this week for the show. So uh, about it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you around Kansas City.